you are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. It's Monday, so that means it is time for another edition of Mock Draft Monday here on Locked On Bears. We'll be joined by my good friend John Ledyard to break down some linebacker prospects that the Bears could be interested in. You know there's a bit of a debate out there about Tremaine Edwards, the linebacker from Virginia Tech, and Roquan Smith, the linebacker from Georgia. And so John is going to join us to give his scouting report on the two linebackers, break down which one he had the Bears taking in his latest mock draft, and kind of explain why he values one more than the other before we turn our attention to the NFL scouting combine that begins this week. John is actually going to Indianapolis for the event. He'll be covering it live for NDT scouting where he works, and so he'll help us preview some top prospects to know, including a couple wide receivers he thinks could both blow up the combine and also answer a lot of question marks by having a big day. Let's jump right in and bring on a friend of the show, John Ledyard. He is the host of Locked On NFL Draft and Locked On Steelers here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You've heard him on Locked On Bears twice. This will be now time number three. Uh, he also does NFL draft work for NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports. He will be live at the Combine this week, providing an analysis and getting interviews, all that good stuff there. And you can follow him on Twitter at Ledyard NFL Draft. That's L-E-D-Y-A-R-D NFL Draft. John, you are now the only person to be on the Locked On Bears podcast three times now. Does it feel? Do you feel honored? I do feel very honored. I really do. Uh, it's always a good time, though. We always have some good, interesting conversations. So I'm really looking forward to it. I appreciate you having me on. Well, I appreciate all of the excellent NFL draft content you do, and, and I've been doing these mock draft Monday episodes just to get some NFL draft content in, or you know, in February as we're getting to the combine here. And so it's perfect timing to get you on to talk about your pre-combine mock draft. You put it out a couple days ago, and I like what you did. You split it up between – it's sort of two mock drafts in one, and that's, again, over at NDTScouting.com. You have – for every team's pick, you have the what makes sense pick, which is what you would do as a general manager, and then you have the what you think will happen pick, which is more predicting what you think NFL GMs are going to do. And for both those categories – you had the Bears with Roquan Smith, the linebacker from Georgia. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I want to focus on today is these linebackers. With with Roquan Smith, what makes you think that will be the pick at, at number eight? And what makes what makes you think that's the most sense for the Bears? Well, I think, you know, losing Jarrell Freeman and obviously this team had put a lot of stock in their linebacker play, the last regime had anyway. And I think losing Jarrell Freeman makes a, a hole there uh, because I think they really like, from what I've seen anyway, and you've probably seen more, I think they like Kwiatkowski, but I, I think that they would prefer him to be that LB3 type of guy, that reserve guy and special teamer. And I th- it's kind of like the Steelers with Matikiewicz. Like, they prefer he not be in the starting lineup, but they love having him on the roster. Um, so maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that, and maybe they're willing to take a linebacker later in the draft. It's just kind of – it plays out weird for the Bears because they really need a wide receiver. So what I think I said in that was that – Trading down would be a, a terrific option for the Bears uh, be, if if they love Calvin Ridley because I think they can move down and land him and why not be able to you know get some of the, fill some of these other holes on your on your roster so 
that and then Quentin Nelson being off the board. And I think they would love to land Quentin Nelson too. So it wouldn't be, it wouldn't like Roquan is necessarily the first choice, but the way that the draft played out, it kind of made the most sense out of the picks that were there because based on their needs, guard, wide receiver, another pass rusher, maybe even, um, you know, Harold Landry could be an option. Um, maybe a cornerback, maybe if Minka Fitzpatrick's on the board, I could definitely see that being a possibility. But given the way things laid out, I think it, Roquan would be the top guy left in that scenario if they don't trade down. I'd love to do trade downs in this, but it just gets so weird. And then you have fans just so mad that, oh, they would never trade it. What would they give up? What would they, you know, and I don't want to go, hey, go, go through all that hassle. So I think they'd be love Roquan. I think they'd love to trade down and get Calvin Ridley too, though. So I think that there's a couple possibilities there for the Bears. They suddenly have a couple holes. We didn't think guard would be a hole when Josh Sitton was there. We didn't think Jarrell Freeman or linebacker would be a hole when Jarrell Freeman was there. So the offseason's already opened up two spots for the Bears that both could have a great option on the board available to them uh, where they pick at number eight. Give me a quick scouting report on Roquan Smith for my listeners that maybe haven't gotten too deep into the NFL draft now. I mean, he's he's an undersized athletic linebacker, but it sounds like he's a lot more than that. Oh, yeah, he is the real deal, man. He is an explosive athlete. Uh, His range is incredible. He has the ability to work around blockers without losing a lot of ground, which is really important because I don't think a lot of linebackers just play this big stack and shed game, you know, especially in today's NFL. You have to be able to move. You have to be able to evade blockers, take them on with half your body, and he does those things really well. Um, He is, I think he projects to be really well in man coverage. He didn't like most linebackers in college football, didn't see a lot of man coverage reps. But when he was asked to carry routes and you know vertical patterns, deep crossers, I mean, the athleticism is obvious. But also, Roquan Smith is an unbelievable tackler. He doesn't have the radius that Rashawn Evans or Tremaine Edmonds have but because he is a smaller linebacker. But I, I would argue, and I think he only missed two tackles all last year, according to Pro Football Focus. And I think that that was definitely less than Edmonds and Evans did. So he just hits. He has hitting power as a linebacker. I think that's an underrated trait of linebacker play. And I think that Roquan has that. When he hits you, you stop where you are. You get knocked backwards. You don't gain additional yardage a lot of the time. So I like that a lot about him. He plays bigger and more physical than his, necessarily than his size would indicate. So I really think he's the, he's the full package. He's, he's kind of do everything type of guy. And, you know, Fangio's still there and he's clearly valued linebacker play. And I think that. He's going to be really excited about this if the the rest of the Bears regime decides this is the direction to go. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Tremaine Edmonds there because he was the guy that Mel Kuyper, I think, mocked to the Bears in his latest thing. And I mean, there's mixed opinions about Mel Kuyper as of late in, in the world of draft Twitter. But regardless, <laughs> you see a lot of Bears fans out here get really high on him and, and a little bit defensive, I think. And I know in your mock draft, you had him down, I think, like 13 and 14 as far as where you think he would fit and where he potentially will go. How big of a difference do you see between them for you? I know you're really high on Smith, but how much of a drop-off do you think there is for you between him and Tremaine Edmonds? Uh, Well, one of the more recent pieces that I did for NDT scouting also talked about uh, the deep linebacker class and kind of breaking down the traits with a lot of those guys. Um, So that piece really gets into it a good bit. But one of the things that – one of the big things I think is that the things that Edmonds is good at, Smith is just better at, like – Tackling, for example, is one of the things. Um, you know, range. Edmonds, most people describe him as really rangy for a linebacker. I think that that's true, but I think Ed, or Smith is just that much better. So it's less about what Edmonds isn't good enough at and just that Smith is so good. You know, if you watch Smith, he makes every single play out by the perimeter. I mean, it is insane. He doesn't overrun things. He takes perfect angles. He brings guys down in space. 
he's so explosive out of the blocks. I mean, I really think Roquan Smith might run in the four fours if he's fully healthy. I honestly think he could he could run that fast. Um, so I think you see a guy like that, and then you match him up with Edmonds, and I just think it's not really even a fair fight in terms of athleticism. Smith is just that special as an athlete, uh, but Edmonds is still really good movers, really fluid. Um, I think that he is definitely more raw in terms of key and diagnose ability. Early on in the season, I was pretty low on Edmonds. You know, watching him against Clemson, West Virginia, you you could see the mental processing was not quite there yet. Uh, he was playing with his heels back at the second level, getting reached all the time, getting um, you know pinned down at the second level, not playing forward at all. Uh, and then late in the season, Oklahoma State, Pitt, Virginia, it was just totally different. I mean, he was things were just clicking for him. He was more aggressive, trusted those keys, you know, blasted through gaps, beat blockers to spots. Um, and, and I know those guys, there's some interior offensive line play that was lacking in those games, but I thought Edmund showed much better progress in terms of the traits uh, than he had earlier in the season. So it's a really good sign for Edmonds. I just think Roquan Smith is a step ahead of where Edmonds' game is, and Smith's ceiling is just like, I mean, it's just he's that good. I mean, he's not Reuben Foster, but he's probably if Reuben Foster's in a tier by himself in terms of linebackers I've ever scouted. But Smith's probably on that next tier down. And I like Edmonds. He is an early second round grade for me. I don't have a ton of first round grades, so that's still going to be one of the highest uh, grades on my board. So I really like Edmonds. I just think that Roquan Smith is just a step uh, ahead of him in in most of the areas that Edmonds is even good at. Well, I was going to ask you about the ceiling, and I'm glad you, you sort of answered my question for me. But when you look at a guy like Edmonds, that you know, I think he's listed like six five, two fifty, and we'll see exactly how close that is when he when he weighs in at the combine and all that. But do you think that size brings that ceiling conversation closer, or is is the difference in athletic ability that that much more important in the modern NFL? I think you're going to hear so many people talk about. Tremaine Edmonds ceiling this week at the combine. You're going to hear it talked about all the time because he's big and he's long and he's athletic. And if you're big and long and athletic, you pretty much always get your ceiling talked about. It doesn't really matter how it compares to anybody else. You know, like Roquan Smith just isn't that size or length. So people are just going to assume he has less of a ceiling. It's a really lazy way to do analysis, but it's how big media has tended to present these players over the years. Um, and I think Edmonds does have a higher ceiling to reach than where he's at right now. I think Smith does as well. Like I said, man coverage, neither of these guys did it a ton. Um, and so I would agree Edmonds is a little bit more raw than Smith, but I don't think he'll ever be at Smith's level in terms of his ability to play the game. Uh, I think that he'll be a very good player in the NFL if he continues to progress, but I don't see him on Smith's level at all. So I think that there is a, a significant enough difference uh, between the two. And I think Edmonds is a smooth fool fluid guy but he's not really explosive like smith is so that affects his hitting power as a linebacker that also affects his ability to get out of the blocks and and kind of beat blockers to spots um get out of his stance and beat blockers to spots it's kind of the similar thing with malik jefferson where i think and this is why i also have rashawn evans over tremaine edmonds too uh because i think that again both of those guys evans and and roquan smith are a little more explosive than guys like Edmonds and Van Der Esch and, uh, and, and Malik Jefferson and guys like that. So I think those guys all move really well, but that first step explosiveness, that ability to be in your stance and then get around a block that quickly and get back into your gap, that makes a ton of difference in the NFL as a second level player. You know, most of the best linebackers in the league have that ability to work around blockers without giving up space and giving up your gap. And I think both Evans and Smith have the ability to do that. And, Evans will also take on blockers with a full head of steam if he needs to as well. So it's a fun class to evaluate because there are a lot of different, you know, give and take among traits for these linebackers that some guys are ahead of others in certain areas. And 
other guys ahead of others in other areas. So it just becomes really fun when you look at it trade by trade because there are so many good players. What's the depth of this linebacker class like? You know, do the Bears need to take one either in the first round or maybe the top 50 picks to get a potential, you know, impact player? Or are there some day two, day three prospects with high ceilings that you think could be, you know, maybe a little bit unpolished, but a little bit of, a little bit of work on them could get a, a starting quality linebacker out of? Yeah, there's, it's a really good class, man. I mean, I just looked at, I looked at the top eight, I think, that I have right now in my latest piece, um, for NDT. And, uh, honestly, there's probably a couple more guys, and they were all day, day one or day two picks in my mind, you know, in terms of talent wise. Um, and there's probably guys like Sky Moore from South Carolina, Darius Leonard from South Carolina State, um, who else did I see? Christian Sam from Arizona State's been picking up. You know his stock's been picking up a little bit. There's Josie Jewell. It doesn't even count guys like those guys. I didn't even include them in the piece yet. So those guys are all. I mean, we could see, we could see. It wouldn't shock me honestly to see seven or eight linebackers all in the for top 100 picks. Um, you know because it is such a deep class and we could potentially even be more than that. So it'll be fun to see how it all plays out. The combine will give us a lot more clarity in terms of. There's a lot of guys with medical concerns. Sky Moore's had medical and and some uh some off the field concerns in the past jack Sichi has medical concerns uh sean dion hamilton has medical concerns so all those guys seeing how those things affect their draft stock even rashawn evans had some groin issues last year i think he tore his groin um or or at least strained it really bad or something has had some some little issues over the years so we'll have to see how that affects that group of guys but even later into day three i know a lot of people i like chris worley from ohio state you know, some people really like T. Gray Scales from Indiana, and he'll probably be a day three pick that could potentially start. I think Bobby uh, Okarike from Stanford is another guy to watch. Shaq Griffin, we've talked about Kenny Young from UCLA. Uh, Trevor Sikama loves Kenny Young from from UCLA, my co-host on Locked On NFL Draft. So there's a lot of different guys. Mike McCray from Michigan is another good one. Some people love Jason Cabinda from Penn State. So you're going to be able to find guys. It's, it's the three-down guys that the NFL is really going to value early on in the draft. Um, and I think those guys will probably go close to the top 100. But later in the draft, you're going to be able to find guys to fill specialized roles for you, even if it's like a coverage guy like Dorian O'Daniel is basically a strong safety or Shaq Griffin, you know, at a situational guy that can play on the edge and cover a little bit too, or, or some thumpers like Cabinda um, and some guys like that, uh, Mike McCray, and guys that are going to be early down players. So I think you're going to have find that later in the draft as well. So it's a great class. There's a little bit of everything for everybody. Well, you mentioned my boy Jack Sitchie from my alma mater, Wisconsin. <laughs> Uh, what are your thoughts on how much his injury is going to bring him down? For people that don't know, he t- he's t- suffered a torn pec in 2016, in, you know, midway through the year against Iowa, finished the game with the torn pec and made a couple tackles and actually got to the quarterback on one play, like mm-hmm. pass rushing with one arm. But anyway, <laughs> comes back the next year in camp this year, 2017, tears his ACL, Again, pre- finished practice with a torn ACL before getting it checked out and, and realizing it was torn and not being able to play at all this year. So he's missed the last year and a half. But he is a guy who's made a lot of tackles. He's made some impressive plays on the ball. Maybe not a totally refined linebacker, someone who needed probably the last year and a half to maybe step his name up to be in more serious top you know, 50 NFL consideration. How much do you think he drops, you know, not being able to work out if he's not ready yet and, and having these multiple injuries holding him back on top of maybe areas in his game that he still needs to refine? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. It's just hard with a raw guy. You know, I don't know whether he'll be able to work out at all. You may have a better idea of that than me, actually, you know, whether he'll be able to see the field at all and work out during the pre-draft process. But that's the big thing is that 
Okay, so here's a guy with two season-ending injuries. One's a significant one, a knee, you know, a torn pec. Um, he didn't have a lot of experience before that. Now he's – we don't know where he's at athletically. He's not overwhelming enough on tape athletically for teams to feel real comfortable banking on where he's at there. So if he doesn't get to test that, I'll be big. And then there's just not a lot of experience, so there is some rawness with him. I love his game. I love his potential. I think he could develop into a starter. I just don't think anybody's going to take that risk until day three. So – the potential is there for him definitely be a steal. Great size. I think he's fast enough. Um, I think he offers some really natural instincts and coverage. He needs to get a little better at key, reading his keys and playing downhill, beating blockers to spots. Uh, but I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he could start in the NFL, to be honest. But it's just a matter of where the NFL is going to kind of see him. And I bet that they see him with all those risks in place as a day three pick. Well, he won't be able to work out at the combine, but you're going to get a lot of guys. You're going to get a firsthand look at a lot of guys here this week. Is there one guy in particular you're most, or maybe a couple? I mean, it's hard to pin down one that you're most interested in seeing run these drills at any position. Well, I'm looking at linebacker, so I'll just stick with linebacker. Um, <laughs> Sounds good. Because, <laughs> uh, but I think Sky Moore from South Carolina. I really want to see kind of where he's at. I really liked him a couple years ago, and he ends up being a redshirt senior now. A lot of people thought he'd come out as a junior. Then he got hurt, and when he came back for senior year and lost that year in 2016, and then came back this year, played pretty well from what I've seen. So if he can prove he's a great athlete, he has great size and length, and a lot of teams are going to like him. He's built pretty similarly to Darius, Darius Leonard, I think, from South Carolina State. So both the South Carolina and the South Carolina State get, I think a lot of people are going to be watching those two to see how they work out. They could be guys that move up boards, I think. And then Fred Warner from BYU, I've really, really liked this kid's tape. Um, he didn't really play traditionally off the ball, you know, at linebacker. He played on the edge and it's like a big slot kind of like off the ball for, it was a so, super weird position. If you ever watch BYU, they, they do a lot of weird things on defense. You know, you're just going to be like, what is this alignment? You know, that's, I was messaging back and forth with Ted Wynn, uh, from the athletic and I was like, look at these alignments. Like, what are they even doing with Fred Warner? But he's just a space player there for the most part. And then he would play on the edge a lot of the time, uh, but he would never rush the passer. I mean, he rushed the passer like twice in six games that I watched, like two plays. So, I mean, he just never, he never blitzed or anything. So he was he was an edge that didn't rush the passer, and he doesn't have a lot of even then he was an off ball, like a big slot. So he's 6'3", 235 pounds, though. I mean, and he moves really, really well. I think he's going to test really well. I think he's going to move his stock up. He's a smart kid. He's going to come off good in the interviews, I think. Uh, I think the big thing with Warner is can he read and diagnose and, and, you know, and, and shoot his gaps and play his keys and all those different things to linebacker. I thought in the senior bowl when I watched the 11-B-11 tape, he was terrific at that. So – if he can build on that, somebody's going to have a steal because that's the big question mark in his game right now is can he do those things? All all in, in tackling, I think, too. Tackling, he needs to clean some things up. But all the other stuff looks great. The range, the coverage ability. I mean, he had seven interceptions at BYU. I mean, he could do a 13 passes defense, I think, the last two years. I mean, he could really move and cover. Um, I think he's, he's great at getting off blocks, all those kind of things. You just need to see can he handle the mental aspects of linebacker play. So he'll get grilled in the interview process, but he's a guy I think that will move up boards for sure for teams. Well, I know we've been focusing a lot on the linebackers, but I think a lot of Bears fans are going to be focused on the wide receivers this draft. And so if if you need a minute to think about this, absolutely take <laughs> your time. But if there's one wide receiver in this cl- in this group that you think could blow up the combine this week, who do you think it could be? Oh, hmm. I think it, I think it could be Calvin Ridley, to be honest. I mean, he is a mint athlete to me. I think he has great deep speed. I think his quickness and the agility drills is going to be phenomenal. 
His jumps I'm not totally sure about, but I've seen enough on tape to think that they'll at least be pretty good. Um, so he's one that could definitely impress. In terms of just speed, I think Kiki Kute from uh, from Texas Tech is going to be a guy for sure that you're going to look at in terms of pure speed. Um, I think that uh, Dante Pettis is supposed to put forth this great workout from Washington. I love his tape. I would not have guessed that he's this athlete that he's been built at, but he's supposed, apparently done crazy things in almost every drill. So he's a guy definitely to watch. DJ Shark from LSU is another one with the speed. I think that could that could really impress. I think Deshaun Hamilton's going to have a pretty good – in the agilities anyway. I don't oh, know yeah. what his hops will be like, but I think in the agilities and the speed, I think – He'll impress there as well. So there's a lot of guys. You're going to see some guys that run well. Doesn't necessarily mean they're good at, uh, at playing wide receiver, but they're going to run well. I mean, I really like Byron Pringle from Kansas State. I think that he, I hope he has a really good uh, combine showing. So it's going to be a fun group. And I think we might need it a wide receiver more than anywhere because right now there's just most people like Calvin Ridley, some people like James Washington, Cortland Sutton. And then after it's just kind of this big glut. We don't really know where anybody is. You know, we're, it's hard to mock people in the first round. I think Ridley usually goes in the first round, but the rest of the group, we have no idea. I mean, you see Cortland Sutton in first rounds. I could see him in the third round when the draft comes around. So it just there's a lot hanging on the combine to kind of separate who the NFL is going to like out of these guys because there's speed questions with with James Washington and with Cortland Sutton and with Michael Gallup. And, you know, a lot of these questions need answered. Auden Tate, I mean, if Auden Tate comes out and runs a 4-4 and kills the combine drills, he's probably going to go in the top 50. So right now we just don't know. So there's tons of unanswered questions. I think more than ever this year's wide receiver group, the combine is just so important to help try and separate these guys out, not only in terms of who we like, but who the NFL likes and seeing who they might value out of this group. Well, you started answering my next question for me right there. You know, you mentioned Gallup, Washington, Auden Tate. Out of out of those guys, or maybe if there's a, another one that you didn't get to, who is the one wide receiver that n- most needs to have a big week to you know answer the most question marks and rise the farthest up the board? I think it's James Washington and Cortland Sutton um, because there was a time where those were the top two receivers, and that seems to have fallen off. Uh, and Sutton had a solid year, but I think there's definitely questions about his game, and I think that they're fair questions. So, so he has a lot of questions to answer. I know there's people who've questioned his effort, so I think he has questions to answer in interviews with teams too. And then James Washington, you're 5'10", and you don't have a lot of length, uh, you know, 5'10 and 7 eighths or whatever, you know. So you come in under 5'11", you don't have a lot of length, you're built like a running back. A lot of teams are going to be turned off by your frame. You've done some great things on tape, but there's also not a lot of refinement. So the on-field drills are really important. How does he look in the route running? How does he look catching the ball away from his frame? He can be a little bit of a body catcher at times, um, which is fine with me, but I think teams are going to nitpick that kind of stuff. And then you, if you're 5'10 and you want to go high in the draft, you just got to be a great athlete. It's, it may not be right, but it's the reality of what the NFL teams are going to think. Um you know, I, I don't think Washington will go in the first round, but if he wants to lock in a second round spot, you probably got to run fast because on tape, he did two things really well. He won in the air and he won with speed down the field. If he's not that fast and he's not that big, there's going to be a lot of questions about how that translates to the NFL. So the drills are huge, huge, huge for him and the workout, uh, the workouts as well. Well, if any of my listeners want more NFL draft talk from John Ledyard, you can always hear it on the Lockdown NFL Draft podcast. And I'm sure you talk draft plenty on Lockdown Steelers. Of course, all of your scouting work is on ndtscouting.com and FanRag Sports. And they can find it on Twitter at Ledyard NFL Draft. John, that was phenomenal draft analysis, and I'll have to have you back on for an unprecedented fourth appearance <laughs> once we get closer to the NFL Draft. Hey, I'd love that, Lauren. Thanks so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. 
Thanks again to John Ledyard for joining us on this Mock Draft Monday edition of Locked On Bears. Be sure to subscribe and tune in next Monday for even more NFL Draft content as we do another Mock Draft Monday with an excellent guest from somewhere out in the world of Draft Twitter. Also make sure you tune in later this week. We'll be doing a deep dive into Jarvis Landry and the potential of the Chicago Bears maybe being interested in trading for Landry. We'll explore what Landry offers, what the Bears might have to give up to get him, and what kind of value he could bring to Chicago if they wanted to pull the trigger there. So keep checking back into Locked On Bears. Check us out on Facebook, Locked On Bears. We have a page there you can like. Follow Locked On Bears on Twitter, of course, at Locked On Bears. And all of our podcasts are on our website, LockedOnBears.com. Don't forget there's Locked On Bulls and Locked On Cubs for your other Chicago sports podcast needs here on the Locked On Podcast Network. But most importantly, don't forget, first and foremost, always bear down.